right, welcome back to another episode of One of Us is a Filmmaker. Hello, hello. What's going on? Just to remind everybody, mm. I am Cassia. And I am Orion, also known as Jiggy, which you'll hear many times. And I am the filmmaker, mm-hmm. the fancy filmmaker, that's me. And I am ill. So <laughs> it's a good it's a good time. But you know what? We we press on. We'll we see how on. we get on. So what's been going on? What have you been uh, what have you watched this week? Well, actually, I went to see Puss in Boots The Last Wish last night. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. I would recommend people going to watch it, if for nothing else, for the animation. And you'll understand why I say that when you watch it. All right. But you see, here's the problem with that argument. is why? People might make the argument about Avatar 2. Now, uh, I, I would... I just... You know, it's not the one. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen Avatar 1 or 2. Sacrilege, I know. Mm-hmm. But I do know Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Yeah. And I know that's worth a watch. True. And very fitting... Um, after our Shrek debate, Puss in Boots making an appearance in that one. And uh, True. now you've gone to see the new Puss in Boots. Mm. I do want to see it, to be fair. I didn't want to see it from the commercial, but then everyone kept telling me it was really, really good. So I guess that means I kind of have to see it. There's like a 95 98% Rotten Tomatoes racing. It's nuts. It's yeah. the next Paddington. I want to go that far. Uh, it's good. All yeah. right. Yeah. The story is fairly simple, but the animation is great. Good voice acting. It's just fun, you know. Good stuff. It's nice to see a, a good animation. We like that. Yeah. Good. And it's not what is it, DreamWorks still? Yeah, still, still DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Okay. It's funny because the DreamWorks logo now, they go through like all their like famous films. They have a bit of Shrek. They have oh. a bit of How to Train Your Dragon. And then they get to like Boss Baby and Trolls. And you're just like, oh, wow, it's really gone down. <laughs> <laughs> it's really rough. But it's How to Train Your Dragon was sick. Yeah, it was good. I, like I, like that. That, I feel like that was like the, the tail end of their goodness. The know? tail end. The... Clever. No. Right, that wasn't intentional, okay. but well met. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like after the second How to Train Your Dragon, it just sort of took a steep nosedive into what crapness. Oh, dear. And what did you watch recently? Have you watched anything recently? Well, uh, my illness has prevented me from doing... It's not that serious, I'm joking. Wah, but. Wah, uh, wah. That's me doing little smallest violin. <laughs> little violin over here. With a definitely not violin sound. That's like a trumpet. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I haven't gone out to any, watch any like new films and the one film I tried to rewatch, which is Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I just put down What a surprise. Jiggy's watching Blade Runner. Well, because I felt like I needed some inspiration while I was ill and I was just like, let's watch this. It turns out I watched ten minutes and I was like, this is boring let me turn this off it was not a boring film at all but i just was in that time not actually up for it but i did watch wednesday which everyone says is really good not a film i know and it was all right it was pretty decent and i've been watching the last of us but i was a bit not up for it you know when i was sick when i was a kid you know what my go-to movie was Mm. uh no you tell me it was matilda no way really yeah well you just watch matilda every time you're sick when I, I was sick quite a lot when I was a kid. And I, by sick, I mean pretending to be sick so I didn't have to go to school. I feel um, like we all did that a lot. <laughs> we, and and mum let us go away with it, I feel like. I know. She was just like, eh. But the thing is, it's a good thing that I didn't go to school that often because I sat home and I just watched films and that is all the education I need, baby. I suppose it is. Look where it's got you. Look where it's so. got me. It's, I'm a filmmaker now, so. But I really like to watch Matilda because it mm. was just... It's like comfort food, but it was mm. a movie, you know? So we're going to do the deep dive into Matilda. We are. Today right. we're going to be talking about Matilda and how it's such a 90s 
classic. Oh, definitely. Everyone I know wanted to be Matilda. Mm-hmm. Didn't care who you were. You just wanted to be Matilda. She was cool. What's that thing? Everyone loved to be Matilda. Oh, right. oh, I suppose. Okay, yeah. No, I, I get it. You know when you were, you know when you were a kid and you did dress up as a character for book day. Yeah, it was Matilda. I always loved to be either Matilda or Madeline. I was oh, all about the yeah. M's, you see. The other week, you were all about the S's with all your <laughs> pics and films. <laughs> so. uh, yeah. so all the sequels with the S's. <laughs> Before we dive into the 1996 Matilda, we both have watched the new Matilda recently. Yes, and we saw it together with our sister Caitlin. We saw it in so. a very small cinema. Yeah. Hashtag Well and Gone City. Shout out. <laughs> Big stuff. <laughs> the Campus West. Yeah, yeah Campus West. I just forgot the name of it. <laughs> but there you go. But it's funny, those tiny cinemas where it literally is like a really small screen and barely any seats and you're barely sort of raked. So you sort of just watch the person's head in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally, I could just see the person's head in front of me. The weirdest part about that cinema, though, was mm. not... Like, I'm up for seeing a small screen. Like, I've had this debate loads of times. I can w- happily watch, like, a film on my phone. I literally don't care, right? But... The thing about that screen was the sound was... I don't know if it was the film. We had to talk about this, but I I still am not really sure if it was, like, the cinema or the film that the sound was weird. It was quiet. It was really quiet. Uh, do you remember? Like, the yes, I do. Off. First of all, as a filmmaker, I'm I'm horrified that you say I can watch a film on my Look, phone. I'm, no I'm, problem. I will like, support what? the cinema. I go to the cinema all the time. Mm. I like seeing films in the cinema. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying... I can watch a film on my phone. It's not the end of the world. What I'm saying is the screen size Mm -hmm. is not the problem. I don't mind seeing a smaller screen. That's fine. Yeah, no, I don't mind the smaller screen thing. It's just when you can't see because the chairs are not very well placed. Yeah. That's the downside for me. And I know what you mean about the sound in the new Um, musical of Matilda. I I was saying to um, someone that I really did like how they recorded the vocals mm. because they sounded very natural. You know my gripe about when they put auto-tune Mm-hmm. really obvious auto-tune I think that most musicals. people have that gripe to be honest I mean it yeah. ends yeah, up sounding exactly. all... for a musical you don't need to it should feel characterful and I feel yeah. auto-tune takes away from that and I think what Matilda the musical did really well was keep the voices sounding really natural yes especially the main girl playing yeah, Matilda wasn't it I don't remember her name I can't remember her name either, right. but she was great the, all the vocals were really strong it sounded like they were doing it live Yeah, but I I presume they weren't. I think they probably would have been pre-recorded. Something to investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, yeah, the sound mix and design sounded really, like, mushy. Like, it yes. was all... Like, muddled. It way. sounded really muddled. And, like, yeah. the transitions between song and diegetic sound wasn't very clean. And yeah. I don't know if that was the cinema's problem or if yeah. they had just mixed it like that. I don't know. And the other problem I had was, yes, it, it, was, also, it was muddled. And sometimes I couldn't understand you know, who the different parts were because of the mix. But genuinely, I just thought it was quiet, which is why I wasn't sure if it was the cinema or not, because it just felt quiet. And I was just like, mm. well, I can't really hear some of the stuff that's going on. Yeah. But it's fine. I mean, so what do you think about the film? The musical, right. Yeah. So if I compare it back to the 1996 Matilda. I suppose you're going to have to. Because I'm going to have to do that. Matilda, yep, so. yep, yep. When I think of the characters, uh-huh. particularly Miss Trunchbull. Yeah. I feel like Pam Ferris is a lot scarier than yeah. Emma Thompson. Uh-huh. I feel like Emma Thompson was a bit more funny. Yeah. And I guess the musical is more funny in a lot of ways. I think by somewhat by nature of being a musical, mm. it's going to be like that. It's not over the top. Yes, it? it's the over the topness which kind of makes it become sort of a comedy. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think as a kid, you probably be less scared of Mr. Trunchbull and find her funny. Uh-huh. But when I was a kid watching Miss um, Trunchbull in the movie, terrified, so terrified, didn't like her. No, the bit where she's running through the house mm-hmm. and looking for them. This that is a terrifying scene. The whole this whole sequence is just not the one. It's when Matilda climbs down the corridor and the stairs and mm-hmm. all the stuff starts falling on her. Yeah, yeah. And they're like shoes squeak and Miss Trunchbull yeah, stops. Yeah. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> and she looks back and looks the other way. Stressful. She picks up her what was it? Shot put and starts. The thing is, a bit nuts. Roll dial stuff is all very dark because if she actually hit a kid with that thing, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, no, roll dial stuff is dark. It is. Yeah. It's, there's no joke. James and the Giant Peach. Terrifying. But also terrifying. Yeah, terrifying book. Terrifying movie. Yeah. We should do a Roll Doll episode. Oh my goodness, we should. All right, put that on the list. <laughs> That's uh, in the put book. Put that on the list. I would say generally, actually, as well, a lot of the Roll Doll adaptations Very good. are pretty fair. Yeah, not all. And there's obviously been remakes of them. What do you mean by pretty fair? What does that mean? Fair is pretty good. Oh, oh, all right, pretty good. Okay, yeah. I didn't know if you meant like they were. You meant like they were good, or they were true to the book, or oh, like, I what see, you yeah. meant like by that. But yeah, no, yeah, good. Cool. I would agree that generally they are good. But obviously, we've got remakes such as Matilda. Right. Although I do think it's hard to compare this Matilda. It's so different with the modern one because it's the musical, and mm. um, I mean, the musical version of Matilda is closer to the book in terms of plot. Yeah. They take a few more liberties with the 1996 one. Mm-hmm. It's also playing for a different audience. Mm. It's an American film. Yeah. Whereas this, <clears throat> the musical is, I would say, very intended for a British audience. So they had to obviously make some concessions, some changes, I'd say, for an American audience too. I'm not saying that they're totally different from British audiences, but there'll be little things that Roald Dahl would have put and that wouldn't translate well to an American audience. So they yeah, Americanise up a little bit. Yeah. But so. because we grew up with... An American parent, mm-hmm. we gelled with it right away. I think so. Maybe that is a thing. Maybe genuinely, because we... I, I don't know. I was just spitballing there. But oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> Maybe that is true. I don't know. Oh, good one. Good one. <laughs> well, also, I guess, like, British audiences as well wouldn't have got the, like, Pee Wee Herman references and stuff, mm. because they probably wouldn't have known who he is. But we watched Pee Wee's Playhouse when we were a kid. Yeah. So Pee Wee played one of the two cops that sit in the car and <laughs> a sales book salesman. He did. I've just had a revelation. and I'm We've looking, never I'm, known that. But I'm literally remembering his face. Like, just as you said that, I'm like, oh my God, that is Pee Wee. That's crazy. <sighs> I thought this was obvious. Obviously not. Yeah, but I just didn't even like... Oh, that's two such a revelation to me. Yeah. You didn't put two and two together, no? No. All right, well... But I know exactly the character and I can see his face and I'm like, that is definitely Pee Wee Herman. So you're not as American as me then, if you didn't know that. Hello? That's basically what I'm saying. Did you talk to me like that? No, I'm yeah. I should have remembered that, but... You should have. Or I should have known that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't very up for Matilda, the movie, the musical, being made. Because, obviously, there is the musical, the like, the West End musical. Which is great. Which is really good, actually. And I, I've i only seen it once, I think. Yeah, I remember thinking that was really good. And I was well up for it. Because it was like, a, it was a completely different take. So then when they were making the movie, the musical, I just sort of was like, why are you doing this? But when we saw it, it was all right. I think it's a great it, it, film. It was fine. I think it's a really good film for yeah. you know modern kids to watch and enjoy. Yeah. I was I was up for it. There was some good funny bits. I quite liked um, I quite liked Emma Thompson actually, and I quite liked the main girl. I mean, Miss Miss Honey um, was quite good. I thought. Yeah, I liked her. They they missed out a few of her songs though, which was sad. The knock at the door, Jenny. Knock mm-hmm. at the door. The right. pathetic song, yeah. which would have been good to put in. I understand they probably didn't have a lot of time. They had cut out a few. I, iconic songs i think yeah the design was really cool and actually the weirdly the opening of the movie did remind me of 
the opening of the 1996 movie, um, it does start the same way in terms of they go to the hospital and get the baby. So maybe that's all that was familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I think the movie musical was all right. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Bit of a weird sound mix. Mm-hmm. Performances generally strong. Yeah. But just not as scary and like earthy feeling, I would say, as the original. Not as, not as powerful. Not as powerful. I mean, the original. I mean, we're just segueing into that now. It's great. I can't lie. I love Matilda, the first the first one. I, I think it's great. Just a great story, great cast, and it's just funny. Like, it's just really wholesome. Like, it's such a wholesome film. You know what I mean? Wholesome while being terrifying at the same time. I know, but what a fine balance that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want as a child. Definitely. Wholesome but terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I think the casting was so on point. Mm. Um, I've got some interesting facts about the casting. So oh. there were some other child stars that were in the running to be playing Matilda. Mm-hmm. Very famous. Do you want to guess who they were? Don't don't mm. get mad at me if this is too early because I'm just thinking. Mm. Dakota Fanning. No, she would have... She would probably just been born I back then. Yeah, I can't remember how old Dakota Fanning mm, is. No, she, maybe she was like three at that point. Okay, all right. So I was a little bit off there. Um, for some reason, Macaulay Culkin came into my head. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's definitely not playing Matilda. Well, I suppose he could have, but... Uh, it would have been a... Don't need, don't need that. Progressive move, <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> um, oh, we were big of... child stars when we were kids. Who was I obsessed with for a long time? <sighs> oh my god, I don't know. Um, I wasn't not... around in the nineties. I was born in ninety eight, man. No, you would have watched their films. I had a lot of them, and also there's oh, more than one. Oh no way! Yeah. The Olsen twins are up yeah. for it. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Like, both of them, but just playing different scenes, or...? I don't really know how he would have done it, but apparently um, Danny DeVito's kids were a big fan of Full House, and so he was had them oh, in Oh, that's mind. a horrible show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't Sorry. know. I've not, I've not watched Full House. My my um, obsession good. with the Olsen twins came a bit later. Yeah, when, with um, all their solo movies. Yeah, but yeah. basically they weren't free, so they couldn't do it. And then right. he went on to find, obviously, Mara Wilson... Mm-hmm. But other people auditioned for it. Michelle Trachtenberg auditioned for the role of Matilda. Who was that? Oh, my goodness. Harriet the Spy. Harriet the Spy? Harriet the Spy, mate. Oh. Ice Princess. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Oh. She actually could have been okay, actually. Um, she didn't get off of the part, and then she did Harriet the Spy around the same time. Okay. Another little link is that Rosie O'Donnell was apparently yeah. an option to play Miss Honey. And I don't see that at all. No. Because Rosie O'Donnell then went to play the nanny in Harry the Spy with Michelle Trachtenberg. See, in a parallel world, it could have been Michelle Trachtenberg and Rosie O'Donnell as Matilda and Miss Honey. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad that they kept it as Mara Wilson. I think she definitely suits the role very, very much so. Yeah. And she's just iconic as she the, is kid iconic. Ac- the kid actor in the 90s. She was in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Then she was in Miracle on 34th Street. Right. Then she was in A Simple Wish. And then she was in Matilda. I mean, come on. <laughs> and then she, she was, was in... the biggest star of the 90s at this point. Then she was in Thomas and the Magic Railroad <laughs> with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Alec Baldwin, actually. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that. Okay. <laughs> um, each, to, each to their own. <laughs> I, do like, I do like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> um, Funny. Yeah, no, she, I mean, she's she had, like, the biggest career as a kid. What the heck? I mean, she was 
doing it but i guess it seems like she chose not to kind of stick with it no it's or? it's really sad so i read her book and she essentially was growing up and becoming a normal teenager but just sort of wasn't hollywood enough you know being really skinny and having a certain look and so she was auditioning for things and she just wasn't getting parts and because she was like normal because she was normal and around this time as well people like christian stewart were coming up and i think those were her main like rivals and all the parts were going to people like her so she really struggled and i think at one point she was just like you know i've had enough and i want to do other things that make me happy and she's a writer now and she always liked writing in the arts and theatre so I think it's nice she's been able to pursue that and she's really successful writer now yeah. so. you never know we might have a Kiwi Kwan situation come back she'll come back some 20 years later and then be the biggest star again you know? yeah I bet people will be well up for that yeah I mean the thing is she was a good actress I mean she got those roles because she was good at doing it presumably she didn't just stop being a good actress it's just as you said like just wasn't there for her and it's a shame because it goes back to a theme that we always talk about which is like diversity also needs to start including you know not just people of color but you know people who don't fit this like one stereotype image for Mm. lead leading lady (laughs) (laughs) um if anyone's seen that uh funny uh the BBC short, the BBC yeah. short with the leading, leading lady parts. Yeah, that's really funny. That's really um, good. But that is kind of the vibe, you know. That that's just what happened, mm. which is a shame. Yeah. So, yeah, there are there are other famous actors that were in the running for other roles as well. Really? Yep. Well, I think the casting is great, so I'm glad they didn't. But let's yeah, let's hear. It, so. so Miriam Margulies was up for the role of Miss Trunchbull. Really? Which didn't get it. Okay. But Miriam played. Um, one of the aunts in James of the Giant Peach instead. Right. So I think she was a big fan of Roald Dahl and wanted to do mm-hmm. a role like that. Mary Margulies would have been great. I don't know if she would have been as scary. Am I... Which one is Mary Margulies? Is she I'm one in the Harry Potter? She is um, Professor Sprout in Harry Potter. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of the right person. Okay, yeah. But she's mostly iconic for just telling great stories in the Graham Norton show. Yeah, I know. So. She literally just... Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. I was thinking of that and then I was like, what's she in? Harry Potter. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I know. Yeah. But then she's a, she's done loads of bit parts and stuff, and she's a very famous voice actor as well. Mm-hmm. So that would have been interesting. Yeah, that would have been all right. Another actor who actually turned down the role of Miss Honey, famous actor in the 90s, and she was in a lot of Tim Burton films. Really? Helena? Maybe not a lot of Tim Burton films. No, not Helena Bonham Oh, Cancer. okay. She was in one Tim Burton film. No, no, she's in two. There you go, thank you. She's in two Tim Burton films, two of my favourites. Okay. All-time favourite films of mine. Oh, um, what's the name? Get there the quicker. One, Edward Scissorhands Lady. Yes. Uh, Beetlejuice Lady. Yeah. Oh, my God. And um, Girl Interrupted. Yes. Oh, what's her name? Okay. Stranger Things. I know. Mm. What's her name? I, I literally have forgotten. Her name begins with a W. You're not getting there. I'm not getting My blind, My mind is blank. I'm ill. What can I do? <laughs> my mind is blank. Her name's Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah, Winona Ryder, yeah. I feel like she would have been too young to be Miss Honey. Mm, mid-90s. 96. I don't know. I picture in my head she's a bit young. I think Miss Honey casting is really great, and Beth Davids. Mm -hmm. She's such a good actor. I remember watching Schindler's List and not realising that was her in that movie. And then also, she plays the mean girl, Natasha and Bridget Jones. And when I found out they were the same person, the same actor, I lost my mind. I was like, no! She's the one that goes like... Yeah, At yeah. Colin, Firth. I know. Don't like it. Rude. Tunan Mark and his Natasha. <laughs> Wait, but I mean, that means she's like really good then. 
Because what do you mean? Really? Yes. Yeah, so well, no, but I mean, like the, the mark of a good actor is that you can just not be seen as you necessarily yes, in different yeah. roles. You know, you can mm-hmm. take on the role. She's a chameleon. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I was just in Paris, but still. Oh, true, actually. Check like, out the videos from... Uh, Disneyland. Disneyland. Hey. Um, but the least French place to go is Disneyland. <laughs> in Paris, probably. You were in France, though. You were in, in Paris. So. I was, yeah, I was. Um, but no. Yeah, she's a chameleon. Mm. She's a great actress. And in some of my favourite, most iconic films ever. Yeah. Matilda's one of my favourite films. Schindler's List is one of my favourite films. Wow. It was very depressing. And then I love Bridget Jones as one of the most ultimate comfort movies for me. Mm-hmm. So that's a very good casting. She made me believe she was lovely Miss Honey. And then a few years later, she was the horrible Natasha. Yeah. As Miss Honey, I mean, she, I think she's really, really good. And she just plays this kind of sweet, innocent, caring woman, like, well. And I mean, it's the relationship between her and Trunchbull is really good. And I like that for most of the beginning of the film, you, the audience doesn't have, like, a clue that they are related. related and they have this relationship and then it just comes out and there's this whole... Well, the, the film generally builds up <clears throat> a really good fear around Miss Trunchbull because you just, just see her shadow when mm-hmm. she's talking to Harry, mm-hmm. you know, the creepy, like the way her nose points up and things and yeah. then Miss Honey goes to see her and that's the first time we, um, we see Miss Trunchbull in the playground but just seeing how other people are afraid of her they yeah. build up. Yeah, no. Come in, come in, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, I, I think... Oh, I'm just thinking, I haven't watched it in a while. Some of the like the iconic lines probably lost on me, but my memory of it as a kid is being terrified of Miss um, Trunchbull, and especially the turkey. Like, the turkey is, like, a scary thing. For a kid, any kid, to be stuck. Especially because, like, as a kid, usually your punishment is, like, you know, getting put in some place in the house or like getting locked in your room or like <laughs> some, just something like that right and or something and then to to know that like she's like locking you in this little closet thing with a bunch of spikes that is just a scary thing for a kid it's very extreme well i mean she was gonna throw a shot put <laughs> as a kid i mean yes she is extreme she did throw <laughs> what's her face over the fence how she doesn't just like you know die i mean i don't really understand amanda throat yeah. yes miss trunchbull mm. <laughs> So good. Um, I'm still going to go on a bit about the casting. So yeah, yeah, carry on. obviously we know that Danny DeVito directed the movie. Of course, there was so much more to discuss. I forgot Danny DeVito. Oh, <laughs> and of course we know that he played Harry Wormwood. Mm. Obviously, Rio Perlman played Zina Wormwood. Yeah, yeah. Harry Wormwood's wife. Mm-hmm. And in real life, Rhea and uh, Danny DeVito were married. They actually got divorced really recently. But they were married for a long, long time. I didn't realise that. Wow. Yeah, they were together at the time they made this. That's nice. It's nice. Love a little story like that. But I other... think that's how they are. <laughs> no, so what has been, what's lovely about Matilda is that it genuinely seemed like a really lovely set to be on and mm. Danny DeVito and Rhea just sound like the kindest, warmest people ever. Mm-hmm. They really took care of Mara Wilson. I don't know if you know, but it was a really troubling time for Mara when she was filming um, Matilda because her mum got diagnosed with cancer. Oh my God. Yeah, and then she died before the film what? came out. And what Danny DeVito did is he took basically an edit of it for Mara's mum to watch before she died. It's a sad time. Wow. Heavy. That was really heavy. What the heck? Why'd you say that? Well, I'm just giving facts. That's the point of the podcast. I'm meant to tell people about the films. I know, but it's just... About the scenes. I know, but it's just, you know, it's just sad. I'm learning so much. 
oh, well, then, you know, this is a educational podcast. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. And it, I mean, that's a testament to Danny and Ria's acting, that they can play such horrible, mm-hmm. slimy, greedy people yeah. so well. And he's really, he's not scary in the way that Miss Trunchbull is, but he's just horrible. The word you use, slimy, was the right way to put it. I think mm. he's so good at getting that little, like, sliminess, which is just so disgusting but it's supposed to be obviously disgusting like it's really disgusting like the bit where he grabs her head and makes her watch the tv and the money the slick money stuff's happening and they're all laughing and it's just so yeah it's also gross and Mm. very good contrast obviously what miss honey brings yeah and their characters are over the top Mm -hmm. but they do perform it with that realism so it feels very real and it doesn't go into hammy yeah, which is, I suppose, the difference between specifically with the parents in the musical movie. Oh, yeah, they're very they, over they, the top. They are very over the top. And I think it's, although um, I didn't hate it, I, I did think it it was not, it kind of took away from the performance a little bit, uh, mm. how over the top it was. Maybe, it was maybe just that written that way is, you know, something you can do. But Yeah, I mean, that's the nature of musicals, like we yeah. said, is that they are more over the top and they're more fantastical. Yeah, so yeah. you want all the performances to be at a certain hyper level Mm -hmm. and the most important thing when you're doing a movie musical I think is to make sure actually that all the performances are at the same level it's bad if you have one person that's really naturalistic and then somebody else who's really over the top because that's where you get the discrepancy and doesn't feel cohesive yeah I think fairly they did quite a good job with the musical movie on that keeping everyone sort of the same but yeah I would say the parents especially the dad was quite over the top so yeah, maybe yeah. that's why his performance sticks out mm-hmm. it's not that it's a bad performance it's just not as cohesive with the rest of the performances yeah 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 and I mean I what you said about how Danny DeVito acted doesn't really surprise me from just other performances I've seen and other stuff I know about him. Like, I know he watched um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He watched it, called them up and was like, I want to be in the show. It sounds great. It's jokes. And they were like, come along. <laughs> you know, he's just, and then he just showed up and was like a character in the show. Yeah. I like, think... just that kind of vibe. He's just yeah, like, that, that he's sort of, so great. You know, that sort of like welcoming and like happy vibe. So, yeah. It's yeah. nice to hear that. Yeah. I, and I think that's why it's a mark of that he's a really good actor because mm-hmm. he could play that horrible horribleness and also i didn't realize i was much older that he's also the one narrating yeah of course no no no. but when i was a kid i didn't realize it was you harry wormwood was also doing the voice i mean i i'm surprised you didn't realize it. i didn't realize Pee Wee herman but i realized the voice. <laughs> <laughs> well i meant i realized the voice eventually i'm not saying i just realized it last week i realized it when i was probably like 10 11 with danny devito isn't it? no obviously not actually um, he is in one of my favorite films what's that uh romancing the stone oh film. yeah no, you like that one cheesy film that. but i absolutely love it Mm-hmm. But there were other people in the running to play Harry Wormwood Who's before that? he decided to play it himself. I imagine there's quite a lot. Mm, I mean, there were, but they <clears throat> in um, the research that I've done, it didn't say that they directly offered the role, but they were considering these people. Did they? Would they have reached out to these people? Do you think, or would this just be like in the minds of the casting? Uh, Possibly. So when you're casting a film, you basically need to come up with a list of actors. It's kind of cynical and depressing, but by bankability. So with lead roles or supporting roles in a movie, you might, especially if it's a big finance movie, even in small movies, you need actors who have a certain credibility and a certain star power. So you get bums in seats, basically. So they probably would have had a list of people that they would have loved to play the part. And you make your list and then you put offers out. So you'll 
contact the agent. The agent will say, yep, I like the offer. I'll let the actor read the script, pass it on. The actor will read the script and then decide whether they like it and want to do it or not. Uh And then it also comes down to scheduling, if they can actually do it. So I don't know what stage of that they're talking about these people offer the roles or they were just considering them, but... But that's a little nugget for you yeah. out there, if you so you know how a film is cast. Mm-hmm. In an ideal world, you would just audition or pick the best actor for the role, but sadly, that's, that's not, not how it goes. It's not how it goes. I've had many conversations about how these things go, especially mm-hmm. with, um, like, not to go on about it, but when I was in Sex Ed, there was this big whole thing about the casting because they brought a bunch of us on for to do the acapella group who were new to the third season. Some people who were in my acapella group had done it the season before. And we all went to this audition. And the audition went well. I mean, I think they were all happy with all of us. But then they said to a bunch of us, oh, we're not going to keep you on, sorry, to a bunch of the new people that had come. And then a couple of days later, they reached back to us and they took me and two others and we were all people of colour. <laughs> and so it was... And it was really funny because we saw a photo that they had taken mm. of us doing the rehearsal and they'd circled out all the people of colour. They were like, these guys. <laughs> Very so, cynical, isn't it? it? I mean, it is. And it, I, I'm lucky because I got picked to do it. So it was like fun. But Thanks to the dad's deeds. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard as well because in films, it, it's such a visual thing that sometimes you do need to know what you're looking for. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I understand. It's, it's, I understand, it's, it's yeah. such a weird dynamic that you don't get in most other places. Yeah. But yeah, it's really hard to... Being an actor, it's about your looks, 100%. Yeah. Whether you have a charismatic thing or or not, or, mm. or whatever it is. So it's a tricky one. Mm. But these people were considered to play Harry Wormwood, at least. So we have Robert De Niro. Imagine him. Wow. John Goodman. He's funny. Bob Hoskins. There's quite a lot of people. Tim Allen as well was considered. Oh, Tim Allen's so jealous. A lot of people who voiced Pixar characters later in their career. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. And then, obviously, the role went to Danny. He was just like, I can do it. Let me let me step in. <laughs> That's what he did in It's Always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Let me do it. To be fair, he's really funny and he's just genuinely a good actor, I think, as well. Yeah. And then, obviously, Rhea played Zinna. And I think... I guess at that point they probably were like, we have such good chemistry, yeah. we'll be good in these roles and keep it within the family, you know, yeah. Let's just yeah. cast ourselves. Why not? Yeah, exactly, why not? So all the casting was really great. Yeah, yeah. That's our round off of this. Of the casting section. <laughs> Since we're talking about cast, mm. can you tell me who your favourite character is in the movie? I want to give a shout out to Harry Wormwood. I absolutely love his character. I think he's really funny and he's got one of my favourite lines as well. But... My favourite character is Matilda. Oh, well. I'm not sure if that's going to be something that most people would agree with or most people would dislike, um, not agree with, because I can see an argument for a few different best characters. Mm. You know, so I, while I love more than just Matilda, I think Matilda actually is just great. It's, it's kind of something as a kid you aspire to. Like, I, mm. I'm of the opinion that kids are a lot smarter than society mm-hmm. gives them credit for True. and i love it when kids are shown to be independent smart um, can think for themselves caring and just really emotionally in sync like not in sync but like intelligent in- emotionally intelligent like you know just all of that and I-, I just think i love films that 
show that. Like, one of my favourite TV shows is The Last Airbender, and part of the reason I love that so much is it treats kids with dignity and respect, mm. which is what kids should be. And I think the character does it. Yeah, and I think it's a lot about how when you're an adult, yeah, you look down on kids and think they don't understand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, that's, like, my problem. And I think that's a message in the film because there's the whole bit when... Harry Wormwood says to Matilda, when a person does something bad, they need to be taught a lesson. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning, Matilda's like, teaches him a lesson because he yeah. said his lesson to her was if a person is bad, mm -hmm. not um, not when a child is bad, yeah, which yeah. is what he was meant to say. Exactly. And then it's the whole revelation that Matilda mm -hmm. gets, which is that kids can punish their parents. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, if a parent's being it horrible, yeah. should why is it all different for them? Well, exactly. I mean, it's it's so great. I mean, that's part of just the story. The story is just so good as well. It's also like, you know, she goes to the library all the time and checks out books. And <laughs> in, a, in the same way as like we talked about in The Goonies, there's like this nostalgia of, yes, people read. Obviously, kids read. I get that. But like, there's something nice about that was the thing. Mm -hmm. That you didn't have all this gadgets and stuff. And people just... No Kindles. Yeah, I mean, you just read. Like, that's just how it goes, yeah. you know? And, and she just reads and reads and reads and reads and reads. I just think that's, it's just nice. And it's just nice to think about. It's like a nice memory. So Yeah. yeah. I always have such a clear memory of, of watching the film and just all the sequences are so clear on my head. It's one of those films I'll just never forget. Yeah. The whole movie. I remember it so clearly. And just the bit where she's walking along with her little trolley thing. Yeah, the trolley, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's when she's younger and then it, it like fades into her being older with it. And I'm just like, even that gets me emotional. Even when I was a kid, I was like, this is emotional. I don't I like know why. And that's she... like the very start of the movie. Yeah. I like the bit where she goes um, to the library and, she, and the librarian's like, you can get a library card. You can take these books home. Mm. Yeah. But it's just a nice little... And it's really sad when he starts ripping up the library books. I know. That really stressed me out because I'm like, she, she, th those don't belong to her. I mean, that, to you. that was, that seems very like, um, like. This is trash. Well, it's <laughs> like very like authoritarian. Like, yeah. You know, like, I don't know if this came from Roald Dahl and his experiences or thoughts, but obviously it's not the same thing. But when I watch that and I see the aggression in it and everything, I'm just thinking like that reminds me, you know, about. I know this is a bit of a... Bit of a stretch, is Bit it? of a stretch, but, I mean, it's like when the Nazis, like, burn books, mm. because, like, that's what authoritarians do. They take away knowledge because it's important and it's powerful. And the whole message of the film is he's... I mean, he's ripping up these books, and it's like, well, this is what's making her powerful. Superhuman. This is making her, you know, this is making her a strong kid, you know? Yeah. It's just all these nice little... Nice little yeah, things. I wonder if it's that what Roald Dahl was going for. We might be reading too much into it, but how do we know? That's what my interpretation might do. But, yeah, there you go. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. All right, so you've told me your favourite character and least favourite character. Do you, uh, do you have a favourite character? Um, I mean, I always really like Lavender. She's yeah. a great sidekick. Yeah, she's a great sidekick. Not in the uh, musical, but in <laughs> the original film, yes. Yeah, she's great. I love her that she's got the newt and she's just, like, plotting. She's clever. Yeah, she's She's cute. not afraid. She's mm -hmm. tough. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. She's great. And uh Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked Lavender a lot when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And still now. Yeah. And maybe also that, maybe that's because you were the plotting kid. Maybe. So <laughs> I put newts on people. Um And I also I mean, I'm the same. I think the scenes I enjoy most are the ones with Harry Wormwood. And dinner so as good. well. The bit when like okay, so 
A question I was going to ask you next is what's your favourite scene, but I'm going to ask myself that. You go first, that's fine. Because one of my favourite scenes is when they go into, like, the pastry cake restaurant place and they come in and he can't take his hat off and she's like, Harry, you can't wear a nice hat inside. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I can't get it off. (laughs) And then he starts pulling it and I always remember the the perfect pastry landing on Matilda's plate. Yeah. And I was like, I want that to happen to me. All right, so... Your favourite scene. My favourite scene, I'm thinking now. Um, Mm. My favourite scene is the one that became like a viral movement. Which is? The, uh, oh no, what's the song that plays? Where she first mm-hmm. discovered, yeah. That one. And the whole thing is she's just like. Dancing. Having a good time. Woo! It's because the song's iconic. Surely. Yeah, it's, like, it's there's just a, there's, iconic. There's only like two main tracks in the film and the rest is composed. Yeah, Which yeah. is quite interesting. And the, so that's one of the songs. So the other one is classic. On my way. Yeah, yeah. On my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. That's very iconic. When she's making the pancakes, Mm -hmm. generally I love the opening sequence when she's a baby and then she's sort of a bit younger and then she grows (laughs) older. I like that whole opening section. Makes me very emotional, like I said. I don't know why. Maybe it's just I remember being those ages watching it and I remember thinking Matilda was old and then suddenly I'm double her, well, triple her age now. And it's like, what happened? about growing up. What happened? I mean, Matilda's all about growing up, her personal story about growing up is tough. Mm. And, yeah, it's tough. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, My, I love that scene so much. And the, the movement I'm talking about is it became like a, you know, where people would play that song and then someone in the room, they would, they would oh, just right. like pan around the room oh, and right. each person in the family would be doing something different or like they'd be making all the stuff move and stuff oh, I like see. that. I see. I miss that trend, but... I guess it was a good one, to, actually. I thought it was quite a good one. I'll have to look it up, yeah. I guess. Um, See, there's loads of videos, so... I'm sure. Yeah. So, what is your favourite line in the movie? You mentioned that it was Harry Wormwood line. Yeah. Is that your favourite? So, my favourite line... I can't remember... It's been a long time since I've watched it, so I'm trying to do this off like... But it's the one where he's yelling at her, and he's like, I'm big, you're small. Oh, yeah. I'm smart, you're dumb. And he just keeps saying... It's because... Not and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's and it, it's partly his delivery, partly the line, but I think what makes it so good is the like rhythmic nature of it. Mm-hmm. Like the da 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 da. Like he just says it with some sort of like. Yeah, rhythm, yeah. And it just and they they bring that back. That echoes back when Matilda's trying to regain her power. She's trying to. Yeah, yeah. Make that, You're a worm. Ready? Better start acting like one. Exactly. Like that. I think that's my favorite line. What about you? It's the one where she says. Uh-huh. I'm just laughing thinking about it. Uh-huh. She taught us with a poem. A poem, how sweet. What kind of poem would that be? <laughs> Mrs. D, Mrs. I, and then the whole Mrs. thing. S-S-I. Yeah, and then it's the bit where she goes, why are all these women married? <laughs> Valid question. <laughs> Love it. That is like one of my favourite things ever. Yeah. And we always used to say that when we were a kid. Oh, a poem, how sweet. What <laughs> poem would that be? <laughs> That's a great it's section. It's just so good. She is. And like we said, she's really terrifying and the sequence in the house when they're hiding from her. I was I never I would never have the balls as a kid to go into that house. And try and steal the chocolates. No way, no. I don't think any kid would. I mean realistically. I mean unless you have superpowers. Well at that point Matilda didn't have superpowers. When she goes in with Miss Honey. Oh. When Miss Honey's like Matilda, oh yeah, and yeah, she's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Miss Honey, <laughs> <laughs> Miss Honey, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she runs in. That was a really good impression, actually. Just <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I said I know this film like the back of my hand. 
all right. <laughs> and then the bit where she goes back later and she takes the chocolates and mm. everything and freaks Miss Trunchbull out with her powers and the yeah. clock ticking and everything. That's very exciting. I'm just always watching. It's I'm like, sequence. how can you lose your headband? The other Why scene I don't want to forget and I want to mention, I want to talk about, is the... Cake eating. Cake eating. Cake I thought eating. you were going to say that. Yeah. Because that's like one of the most iconic scenes. It literally is. It's like, so iconic. The book and the film and the musical are all known for that scene. Right. Bruce Bog Trotter. Yeah. And it's just, when you see the size of the cake, it's like a monolith. <laughs> it's huge. It's crazy. It's crazy. The man ate the whole cake. Yeah. The bit that always creeped me out the most is when the, the cook like licks her lips yeah, and is like licking yeah. her hands. Why is the cook her so weirdly creepy? I think that's just the point, as you know. Ooh. See you, cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Rotten kids. That's what she says as she walks off. Yeah. And they have that funny shot where he's, like, eating the cake really slowly and then Lavender and Matilda's head pop, like, pop up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really, yeah. It's just like... But it's like you're, you're so rooting for him. And I know we keep mentioning it, but in the musical, I actually quite like that scene as well. Mm, I actually yeah. thought in the musical they did that scene quite well as well. And it's, yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's the just musical, a again, going back to the musical, the choreography was really great in the musical. Mm. That was one of my favorite things about it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, mm. definitely. That scene, because they, they had like a bunch of tables and there was, it was a lot about the room spinning Bruce. and, yeah. And, do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. But yeah, just iconic scene, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention it because it's so good. Apparently, that took really long to film the cake eating scene. That's probably one of the longest. Um, scenes that I took to film in the original 1996 movie. Any reason why? I guess it's just, I mean, it's a hard thing for a kid to do, like the actor. He didn't how... eat the whole cake. No, but if you think about how many takes, they have to do a take, him eating a load of cake, they have to reset the cake, they have to bring the cake back in, he has to then eat it again. Then they have to uh, reset the whole thing, get a new yeah. cake in. He has to, they have to cut the exact right slice, they have to do it again, think about how long that would take. And also the kid, kids can't film for super long, so they're going to have to take breaks. It's just a very slow scene to shoot. Right. And then you've also got to get all these cutaways of all these child extras. Mm. That's a faff. Um, Just the continuity alone of that scene, eating a cake is Mm. difficult. And it goes on for a long time. Makes sense, actually, yeah. There's a little nugget for you there as well. Mm, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I forgot. It's weird. You don't don't think about all these things. Like like you said, the thing I just wasn't even thinking about. I mean, I, I... I got more of the part about, you know, filming the extras and stuff, but, like, I didn't think about the continuity of just making sure the cake is right every mm. single time you do a new shot. You know, that is, yeah. That's why this podcast is one of us as a filmmaker. I unveiled the truth behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. <laughs> um, but overall, mm. Matilda, as I think we've broken down, mm-hmm. is full of great character and great story. Yeah. Great casting. 100%. It's really one of my childhood all-time nostalgic favourites. Mm-hmm. If anybody doesn't like the film, get out. Don't talk to me. Leave it at the door. What's Your opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I've never met anyone who doesn't like the film. It's quite hard to dislike it. Do mm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know exactly... I- I'm sure people don't like it, but, like, I- I'm not really sure what they would point to to say, just don't enjoy it, don't like it, it's not funny, the story's not good, there's no good character. Like, it kind of has all of that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying to think of one of my other favourite lines it's the bit where she goes um, I was talking about the two police guys and she's like they are not cops they are speedboat salesmen oh, yeah. and then he says um, <clears throat> and he says like there are no lakes around here yeah but some people like to go away on the weekends some people <sighs> have fun some people are cops they are not cops and also that bit is epic because she had that peanut butter and jelly mix thing 
that I always wanted to have. It's like the peanut butter and the jelly mixed in one can. She takes it out, makes a little sandwich. I always wanted that. Do you not remember? She has a peanut butter and jelly mix can. I don't have this film imprinted in my brain like you do. But anyway, I love that bit. I don't know if I would say it's like one of my favourite films, but it's definitely a very nostalgic film for me. Yeah. I mean, nostalgic film podcast, so there you go. Yeah, it's a great adaptation of a book. Mm-hmm. I'm very pleased it was made. It was apparently a bit of a commercial flop, actually. They lost a bit of money on it. But it's got this sort of cult following, yeah. and it did really well when it came out on video. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's. I'm sure loads of people watch it now on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. It's it on, is on Netflix. Yeah, so I'm sure loads of people have watched it now. Yeah. It is kind of one of the films of the 90s now, I would say. like one of the, Yeah, one of the iconic ones. Yeah, one of the um, iconic ones. Mara Wilson is just an iconic queen of the 90s yeah. and I'm very glad that she's happy and doing so well now that's all one could hope for I think is this you advertising for her to come and work in your film oh yes please come on Mara get, do a comeback in my movie yeah we'll get this podcast to her yeah <laughs> it'll reach her somehow I'm sure she's listening right now <laughs> we've got connections yeah. <laughs> we've got our connections yeah we have some connections not really <laughs> Not to her. <laughs> Not to her. No, Not to her. No. But if you're listening, Mara, great performance is what we have to say. Yeah. So. And thank you for being part of our childhood. Yeah. It was, honestly, it's really good. I, I love that film. So. And if you haven't seen Matilda, I hope that we've encouraged you to go watch it. Yes, please do. Please do. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah. It's like I'm no selling reason, this movie. No reason not to. No reason yeah. not to. And if you'd like to see the movie musical... I'd absolutely encourage it. Mm-hmm. It's really great for kids. Uh, it's not. It's very different to the the movie. Yeah. And it's a musical, so it's, you have to know what you're going in for. You're I going think. in for a musical, you know. Is the think w- about what that entails. Is the West End still on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the West End's still playing. So, I mean, if you want to see the musical, go see the musical. The yeah, musical and live in yeah. live person. It's really, really good. The music is by Tim Minchin, mm-hmm. and who's like really fantastic comedy um, songwriter. Um, yeah, I would say if you had a choice to see the movie musical or the musical in person, go see the mu- musical yeah, in person. Yeah, for sure. But that is a lot more expensive, so. Oh, that's true. If you can't afford yeah. that, go see the movie. Yep. Or it will be on streaming soon now, you know, it comes out so quick these days. Yeah. You'll be able to see it. But my heart of hearts, my fave, is the original 1996 Matilda. So I implore you to mm. watch it. Well, I guess that wraps up another episode of One of Us as a Filmmaker. Absolutely. This was our movie throwback to Matilda. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Also, please make sure to like the podcast and share it around. Uh, Leave us a comment if you want. Maybe we'll do a a nice movie throwback if you send us a suggestion. Mm. So, who knows? It's exciting. I know. So, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.